I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. How are you? Sweaty. Nice. <clears throat> I just came back from a run. Gently suffering. <laughs> it was way too hot for that. And how are you? I'm good. Um, I did not come back from a run. I came back from Starbucks. So, <laughs> you know, that sounds kind of better. Yeah. Not mad about it. I do have to pay a parking ticket later today, though. Oh, no. Yeah. Did you know? Like, was it one of those times where you're like, hmm? I hope I don't get one, but I might. Or was it like you had no idea? I had no idea because I guess in like usually parking is free on Sundays around downtown. But I guess there's this one specific area that it is not. And I don't know why. But I got a ticket on a Sunday. So it was really rude. I feel like you could always just ask. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll just like inquire and just be like, so I thought parking was like free on Sundays. Why did I get a ticket on a Sunday? But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Perks of driving. (laughs) Parking tickets. (laughs) At least gas is going down, though, so I'm happy about that. Do you have a bevy? Water. Nice. I need so much. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's it. You? After your Starbucks run, what did you get? I got the uh, brown sugar oat shaken espresso. I, I feel like this was like a year ago that was really trending on TikTok. But I never tried it yet. Is it good? Dude. Do you like it? What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not a Starbucks person. Like, I don't go normally. That's fair. I feel like I only really go when we record because I feel like if my bevy is going to be coffee, I might as well make it like a fancy coffee. Um, But no, the brown sugar oat shake and espresso is so good because it's not like too sweet. Hmm. It's not like, you know how sometimes you get a Starbucks and you're like, like, it's literally just straight up sugar and syrup and it's kind of gross. It's like, it still tastes like coffee, which I like. Fair. Yeah, I'm a big uh, black coffee, mm-hmm. black iced coffee kind of person. Or hear me out, McDonald's dollar drink days, caramel iced coffee. So good. <laughs> I know it's literally pure cream and sugar, but it's the greatest thing I've ever had. I feel like it's always just so inconsistent, though. Like, sometimes it's just, like, so sweet, and then other times I just taste, like, disgusting McDonald's coffee. If That's you're getting the risk I'm willing to take for $1. <laughs> True. That is a gamble I can take. Either way, it's caffeinated. But, like, literally, I've never had an iced coffee from McDonald's that, like, tastes the same two times in a row. Maybe even, like, three like I don't know it just never happens it's part of the experience you're like will I hate this (laughs) it's a high likelihood um do you have a reason for drinking your bevy your water (laughs) it's hot 
<laughs> and I went running, so I need water. Nice. <laughs> you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing really going on in your life. I'm having a time. We're all good. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I have an exam coming up in like a week. So that's Which terrifying. One? English. Ah, you're good at that though. You're fine. I know I'm good at that, but it's just like I've I haven't taken an exam in seven years. It's frightening. What is, what is the situation is it like a timed three-hour exam is it like a all-day exam no it's timed and it's basically the first part which is worth I think 30 percent of the exam is just I have to answer questions in paragraph format and I think it's between like 150 to 300 words per paragraph and that's like on the concepts that we learned about in the English class and then the second part which is 70 percent is I have to write an essay like um analyzing a different article and it has to be I think around five to six hundred words I think I don't know I don't have my piece of paper that tells me everything here so that's just what I remember (laughs) do you feel ready for it I feel okay. I mean, I'll have to go over um, some of the like concepts that I like learned about, but um, I'm confident in my essay writing abilities. Like I'm a pretty strong essay writer. So like, I'm not super worried about that, but I just don't want to get like too confident and then end up sucking, you know? And I submitted my like final assignment for the English class and I'm so nervous because it's like, The one thing that I don't love about English class is like, I may be a pretty good writer, but I would be so much better if I was writing about things that I'm actually like interested in. Like, I feel like when they tell you like, you have to write about this and you can like change the topic a little bit, but like overall it has to be about like this, this thing. And you just have to like narrow it down to a specific focus. And I'm like, oh, but I don't, want to like that's fair enough I feel like um, mine was always just because you understand it doesn't mean whoever is reading what you're writing will understand it Mm. and I had that problem all throughout undergrad high school where things make sense to me when I say them or I write them but they don't necessarily make sense to who's ever reading them and I'm like why if, it, if I get it, why can't you? But that's obviously not how it works. I was mm-hmm. never uh, great at English class, but here we are going into a field where writing is the main portion of your yeah. job. Cool. <laughs> Eventually, I must get better at it. Also... Okay, so this is another announcement um, that Katrina does knows nothing about because <laughs> I do all the behind the scenes work. Um, but we will be launching a Patreon since we've been doing the podcast as this episode comes out for a year, which is terrifying. Um, and figured it would be it's it's overdue to have a patreon and be able to kind of produce um some extra stuff for you guys and our link for that is patreon.com slash book bevies similar to our instagram and our twitter um or you could just type in books and bevies into the search bar at patreon and you'll be able to find us that way Okay, so this week we are continuing the Throne of Glass series and we are talking about uh, Crown of Midnight, which is the second book in the series. 
by Sarah J. Mass. By Sarah J. Mass, obviously, our Lord and Savior, Sarah J. Mass. (laughs) (laughs) My everything. Uh, I need to. Okay, cool. Do you have anything spoiler free to say? I do, actually. Okay, cool. I think for me, reading Alone with You in the Ether right before this book did negatively impact the beginning of this book for me. Just because the reading level was clearly for like 14 year olds, 15 year olds, like the younger reading level Mm -hmm. to the point. Cause like, if you keep reading through, you're like, whatever. I still love it. Obviously you adjust eventually, but like, it was such a stark contrast in the, like right in the beginning that I was like, I actually don't like reading this right now. Like I genuinely disliked reading this book in the beginning because it was for like, the English was at such a lower level to the point where it was noticeable for me mm-hmm. in comparison to the two books. And to be fair, I didn't really care. Like I said, like the last episode, I didn't care like what happened in this book. Like it wrapped up for me. So I wasn't that invested either. Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't, like I didn't get into this book until like a good quarter third maybe even halfway through like I struggled to read the beginning of this book yeah I feel like I also noticed the same things but I feel like I went into it like I don't know I I was aware of the reading level drop that was going to be happening and like I don't know the way I see it is like like the way I've been um kind of reading this series is like in my opinion, I feel like the first three books and then also probably the Assassin's Blade are probably going to be a bit harder for me to read because it's for a younger audience. But I feel like once we get to like the fourth book onward, that's when the series is going to start to mature in like the same way that the Harry Potter books did. Like, I feel like if I were to pick up Harry Potter now, the first three books, I probably wouldn't love. But then when it came to like four five and six and seven, it would be like a more mature reading level and it's like because it like it ages with the readers that's what like smart authors tend to do so like and I don't mind that it's like an easy reading level because to me that just means it's like a quick read because like I blew through this book not necessarily because in the beginning like I think it took me about halfway for me to get like invested in the story again um as well but I just kind of like blew through the first half and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. So it's just like a fast read, which means I just get to read more books. Like, Yeah, fair enough. I feel like I, I just had like the opposite reaction because it was like, I wasn't into it in the beginning. Like this book yeah. took me like a noticeably long amount of time mm-hmm. to read just because like I didn't care to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like I definitely like the books a little bit more than you so far, but it's not necessarily because I like where the storyline is, but it's because I'm excited to see where it's going to go, if that makes sense. Fair. I feel like I I wasn't great at like isolating this book. I was just like thinking about it in like comparison to what I'm reading in general. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. You could just tell. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Maybe I also just like, I kind of like, I, well, I don't want to say like, I don't hate books like this because it's very much like nostalgic for me because when I read books like this, I just remember what it was like being in like, I think it was grade seven for us is when we really like got into reading and we were reading like Percy Jackson, The Hunger Games twilight all of those things and this is like a very similar writing style to that so it's just like it's a very nostalgic feeling for me where like even though like it's not great writing because of the age demographic it's for I'm just like man 
I remember when this shit was just like mind blowing to me. Like and it's just like I, fun to read. Yeah. Like if I read this shit when I was 12 years old, I would have lost my goddamn mind for these books. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, that's definitely fair enough. And like all all to say, like maybe I didn't like it in the beginning, but like <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't like the book. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was so funny because I remember when I got into the book was I think like um when we recorded last and that's when I was like around the halfway mark and that was why you asked me yeah and then so I kind of like we were talking we were recording the book talk and as you know we like talk about just the books we're reading in general um and it was literally like at that like that day is when I got into the book and I was like I might just like keep reading it because yeah and then you like weren't into it and we were at like roughly the same point so I was like I think there was just like a pivotal moment in this book maybe it's just because we got used to the writing style and like also the storyline was progressing a little bit faster and stuff like that I think it was a mix of a lot of things but yeah because I wasn't really into this book for the first half either yeah, there's, there's definitely a moment where I was like, okay, now I'm going to read this obsessively until I'm done. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, maybe our predictions were kind of right for this book. Not I honestly, I kind really. Of what, I kind of forget what our predictions are. I think we talked about war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think we were really right. <laughs> Just kind of threw a lot out there and some of it may have been mildly correct yeah I do I mean I guess the only prediction that we got right was that Selena was going to not kind of she was going to be sneaky with the king's demands but I feel like that's just so obvious that it's like not really yeah Like, did we really think she was going to be loyal to the king? Like, if anyone thought that, (laughs) I guess we should do our overall rating. I'm having a hard time with this one because I I loved the end of the book. I thought it was exciting. Good. But, like, I genuinely did not like the beginning half of the book. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I'm going to stick. I I think my overall rating is just going to be, like, a solid eight because it was, like, it was good. It did take me a while to get into it, but I, th- I think it would be a seven if it wasn't for like the last half of the book where it would just be like very kind of good, but like good, not great. But like, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to give it a solid eight, but I also didn't hate the beginning as much as you did, obviously. Yeah. I think I might have to go seven. Okay. Like a, a little bit worse than the last one, mm-hmm. but also like. The ending was better than the last book. This is very yeah, hard. The ending was def like I feel like this feels a lot more like a series now. Like yeah, I like I try- care to know what happens mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll stick with seven. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with eight. Maybe seven point. Nah, I'm just gonna stick with eight. I'm just gonna lock it in. Whatever um so yeah now let's get into the spoilers (laughs) so sarah j mass does a very good job because we were so aggressively team kale i don't want to speak for you so maybe it's just me um (laughs) but like throughout this this second book i was like "Mm, dorian is sneaking back in there for me i I know i don't know how she did it I don't know how she did it too, but like with this one, I'm still like not. Um, I it's like before I was like with um, I guess these are like spoilers for A Court of Thorns and Roses if you haven't read it. But like in the first book, I was aggressively team team Tamlin, and then I was aggressively team Reese. Whereas like, I feel like Sarah's just kind of. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I feel like she's. I don't. Too that, good I know that's like, not going to translate to the podcast. <laughs> I feel like she's just too good at like m- making you like whoever she wants you to. And right now, she doesn't want you to like anyone in particular. She's like, yeah. cool. 
Like, yeah, 100%. Because it's like, I'm not a fan of some of the things that Kale did in this book, obviously, but like, it's nothing compared to like, you know, some of the shit that other men have done in other books, like not even just like the Sarah J. Mass universe, like in general, like it's it's just like one of those things where he was a little bit dumb. Yeah. He feels bad. And he like he did accept that um Dorian had magic and Selena is a fae. And I did not anticipate that. I thought we were going in the direction of like Kale was going to like choose the king's powers and stuff like that and like abandon selena and dorian i kind of thought that's the route that sarah j mass was going towards and i was like no really i did yeah because like kale's so loyal to the king and, and to a point where it's like almost blind loyalty so i was happy that he was still on selena and dorian's side despite having his like world turned upside down you know what i mean Fair. I I don't think I saw that plot line coming. I was worried. <laughs> I would be deeply concerned if that happened. I was so stressed. I also think that maybe that's why I didn't hate the book as much because like as soon as I found out Dorian had magic, I was like, oh no, is this going to cause a rift in their friendship? <laughs> Literally no part of me assumed that. I was like, they're fine. <laughs> I also did, I don't know. I just, I can't tell if I'm team Dorian or team Kale anymore because like every time I think about Dorian I'm like yeah I'm team Dorian and then every time I think about Kale I'm like maybe I'm team right it's just like like, the parts where Dorian like goes out of the way to like defend uh Selena even though he doesn't have like the same fighting level of understanding as Kale or Selena does he's still like yes I will fight for you I'm like Mm -hmm that's nice I do love the constant descriptions of Dorian like kind of being useless <laughs> and like that. Selena just like grabbing his shirt and like hauling him up the stairs because he's so slow and then like Kale just like pushing him aside because he's just like in the way it literally <laughs> one second I gotta find it my favorite part is when they're literally running for their lives like out of the underground tunnels or whatever and then he's like Dorian's like to his eternal humiliation as they hit the bottom of the stairs she grasped him by the collar of his tunic half hauling him up the stairs I made that like how do you have time to be embarrassed when you're about to die I made that exact same note I thought it was so funny but yeah, something about like a lightly useless Dorian is adorable. I just yeah, I love I love that uh that constant theme that's happening throughout this book. Also, you know what I didn't like love in the beginning? What? I know Selena doesn't doesn't kill the people that she's meant to assassinate. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that uh both Kale and Dorian are like a bit saddened or surprised that she's like gonna kill people is the weirdest concept to me because I'm like she came as the most well-known assassin what do you mean you're surprised she's gonna kill someone that's her Literally. job and like the fucking um like I think especially Dorian because like like I mean I guess Kale and Dorian kind of did everything to, together, but it's like like Dorian chose her to be the king's champion. Exactly, the king's he champion. Made... He knows what they do because he is the prince. <laughs> yeah, what? he like his dad was like, find me someone to be a big killer of my enemies and so Dorian went and did that and then when she decided to do it he was like what you <laughs> and it's like Cable trained with her he knows how dangerous she is like yeah that was like the weirdest like plot line for me them being yeah. surprised I was like that was unnecessary and made no sense it didn't yeah also I have a okay so I I think it was in the last book did you anticipate that Selena was going to be Aelin no. 
Really? Okay. I don't know. To be fair, I don't remember what happened in the last book. Just that there was like the, or maybe it was early in this book where we find out like the early rebel move, movement and they're like worshiping a, a fae or something named Aelin, who's like an old queen or princess or something like that. No, probably not. <laughs> That's, it's too early in the book. So at this point, I didn't care. So I didn't, just didn't read anything. <laughs> Okay, well, I did, so. <laughs> yeah, I, like, there was a part where, because also just on um, TikTok, I feel like there's always people who just, like, love Aelin in these books, and, like, because we were, like, it wasn't until the end of this book that it, like, explicitly says that Selena is Aelin, Um but I, I feel like I kind of anticipated it because I was just like, where the fuck is Aelin? And like, we're already two books in and mm. like, she's such a popular character in book talk. Like, where is she? So as soon as um there's a part literally on page 18 <laughs> where um she's having a nightmare and it's about Kane and um he like, it says he whispered her name, her true name and she screamed as he and then it cuts off because she woke up. And I was like, I bet she's Aelin. I bet that is the like mm. the foreshadow. I'm not on uh, this book talk at all. So I have no idea what like the uh, who who people like, nothing. Mm. So no, I was didn't know Aelin was a character. Mm. Yeah. But I mean they do mention her and like I think it was either the end of the last book or the beginning of this book. And that's when I was kind of like, oh the lost princess like must be selena <laughs> also what are your thoughts on roland i had a hard time with that one i don't know i can't because one like he's gonna be shitty he has the ring yeah you know that's not good but he did back up dorian and all those things and then he was taken to the other place is he bad is he good is he just being used because he's like not that bright I can't tell (laughs) it's very hard to tell I haven't decided yet he's just that's a later problem yeah I feel like there's not enough because it's like it could go either way it really could I definitely feel like Dorian's fucking brother is going to end up a problem at some point in this series. And I don't know how, but I think he's going to end up causing some shit. Oh, also, I meant to mention this in the last episode, but you know Caltaine? Yep. Fully read her name as Caitlin for the whole book. Like, (laughs) I think you called her Caltaine in the episode you said her name first and I was like oh Oh. (laughs) but no I I was reading her as Caitlin and then you said Caltaine and I was like Caltaine and then I looked who is that (laughs) that was me with uh Alice from uh I was calling her Elias (laughs) I was just like who the fuck is Caltaine and then I like looked at my page and I was like oh because I think we were talking about a big moment and you were like yeah, Caltaine and the Duke or something like that. And I was like, what? what? Just kidding. Um, I was a bit surprised how quickly Selena and Kale got together. And it did make me a little bit sad because I knew it was going to end. Like as soon as they were happy, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is book two. <laughs> And also it was like three chapters in. There was no way. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I mean, at least I'm I'm holding on to the hope that like maybe the rest of the series, except for book nine, is going to take place where they're just like not together. And then they're going to end up together at the, <laughs> yeah. the last book. If they get together in like book four, you know, it's not going to end with them together. Even if it's book eight, like, you know what I mean? It's like book nine is just, I don't know. 
I just you need the end of book nine, not the beginning either. <laughs> also, I don't I'm trust her. Sure. Hmm? Go first, because this is the new thought. Okay, I was just gonna say I don't trust anything until like the last hundred pages of a Sarah J. Mass book. <laughs> like not even. Yeah, I'm like, I need the last word. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I was going to say the reason why I brought up Keltane is because I have a, a point. Um, but when she says like something is coming and I am to greet it and that like, that still hasn't happened at the end of this book. So I am concerned. What is it? <laughs> was that not her needing to marry the Duke? Um. I think it's a little more ominous than that. Uh, Something is coming, not I'm going to get married. (laughs) Well, she hates him, so. True. But I think it's more of a monster. That's my... She is being used for, like, her blood, I'm pretty sure, so. Uh Uh-huh. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I know I mentioned this in the first book, too, where it was giving me Harry Potter vibes. Right? Yeah. Again in this one, I, think- I know Sarah J. Maas has read Harry Potter. <laughs> like, I know. Because under the door, when the only thing you can see were, like, a gleaming pair of eyes, and it was, like, hiding in the outskirts or, like, the scary hidden parts of the castle. Really? Eyes? That's what you had to see? Is that not the second Harry Potter book? <laughs> Where the only thing you can see is the eyes? Yeah, it's true. That's immediately what I thought of. Yeah, no, I, I think I made the same note. I just can't find it. Because as soon as you mentioned the Harry Potter things, I was like, ah, uh, yep, that's another one. Um, there's another one okay but also one of the things that like there's a part where like I know this is like for teenagers so just like some of the like more sexy stuff I'm just like a little confused by because I'm like this is like a children's book and then it kind of talks about her losing her virginity and I'm like I just don't remember that in the books I was reading when I was 14. I was also thinking that and I was like, technically it's 13. Is it 13 plus this book? Maybe 14? Well, like it's in the teen section in Indigo. Yeah. So but like point being, I, I was also thinking about that too. And then I was like, maybe it's just because I was a very late bloomer. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, that seems young. But really, I was just not not there yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't. um, I don't remember. I don't know where I was going with that thought. That thought just left my brain. Um, I just like I have a lot of points in the beginning of the book. Well, not a lot, but like some. And I know you probably don't have points until like the halfway mark. So I'm trying to like blow through a lot of my points. Um. However, I know we're kind of like, ooh, Dorian's like making a reappearance. But the part where Selena comes home and she's like covered in blood and is like fucked up and poisoned and the image of Kale just like smashing through his office to save her. And like, this is the part where she's like, she just says Kale and then um, she like falls to the ground and he's like, but he was already running, smashing through his office. He bellowed her name as her knees buckled and she fell. She saw only the golden brown of his eyes and held on long enough to whisper Gloriella before everything tilted and went black. That was a great part of the book for me. Fair enough. I did also very much enjoy that part of the book. I think my favorite part was right after because like she's covered in blood because she killed someone obviously mm-hmm. and then um when Kale's like 
next time you do anything like this, I'm going to throw you in the dungeon. And then she's like, for killing him. And she's like, or, and then Kale's like, no, for scaring the hell out of me. And I was like, oh, oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think the more we talk about this book, the more I'm just both team Kale and team Dorian. Just like in all books, I want everyone to be happy um <laughs> that is what i need yes also just like side note because i know we kind of talked about it earlier but we didn't really get into detail um but like in the like did you anticipate dorian having magic i feel like we kind of predicted that in the book talk a little bit did we or am i just like trying to make myself smarter than I am I honestly don't remember but it didn't surprise me reading it Mm -hmm. yeah I'm starting to think that maybe his mother was a fae or something like that because he doesn't know his mom right or (laughs) maybe oh no, maybe his mom cheated on the king with someone else. Because I think his eyes are like a big thing, right? Like no one in his family, including his mom, yeah. has his like sapphire eyes. So I think his mom cheated on the king. Because like I think uh, Selena has like really distinct eyes too. So yeah. maybe that's like a magic thing. Um, oh, also so random. Uh, you know, Raina Goldsmith when she came and like sang for the king mm-hmm. literally no part of me was expecting her to be murdered <laughs> I was like what I I'm at the exact same part um I know I was not anticipating that I thought it was just like I mean it makes sense in hindsight because like all of the the shit she was singing about is banned and like the king is a psychopath so like yeah like it makes sense later but like at the time I was like oh I thought that was just like a pleasant evening <laughs> she gets murdered <laughs> I also just before that part when Dorian was watching Selena and Kale be all like sappy together and then there's just a quote where it says so Dorian closed his eyes and took another long breath and when he opened his eyes, he let her go. And I was like, like happy for Kale, but still sad for Dorian. Like I've just, I've got a lot of emotions going on for these two fictional men right now. <laughs> Lots of conflicting interests. I think, uh... oh, know what part of this but I think it's in the beginning where Selena was like I really want chocolate cake and then Kale like leaves the room she's like where are you going she's like to go get you some cake and I was like wow (laughs) ideal that that is what I want and then the other scene where um Kale and Selena are dancing in like the courtyard and it's that's cute I'm a big fan what are your thoughts on Nehemia? Oh, that, well, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of feelings. <laughs> See? Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so this was like the pivotal point in the book for me. Basically, like, when Nehemia died, I was like, oh, shit. And then I got a little invested because I did not anticipate Sarah J. Mass killing off Nehemia. Like, I could picture her killing off Dorian and Kale before Nehemia, you know? Because Sarah J. Mass is just like that. It fucks with your emotions. But, like, I didn't, and like, I, well, I didn't. I feel like I didn't, ex- or, like, I didn't care for Nehemia. Like, I didn't really love her. Really? Whereas, like, Dorian and Kale love. So... I feel like Nehemia's was a more reasonable choice to kill off. Yeah. Like, I love, I love their friendship, but she was just so cryptic. I hate it when people are cryptic. Like, just tell me what you want. Why are you friends with me? 
You're not cryptic. You're just annoying. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to deny it. Um, no, I definitely like, I didn't cry at all in this book. Cry rating zero tears, not even like a hint of a cry. Yeah, like a little pang in the chest where I was like, "Oh, that's unfortunate." But like, I think for me, this was like right before when, right before Nehemia and uh, Selena had like a fight, and then Nehemia called Selena like a coward for not wanting to you know, take on an entire kingdom. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's so unfair. Like, she's just one girl. Why is it your job to, like, do everything? So I was just like, Nahinia, I don't really like you right now. And then she died, and I was like, ah. Yeah. I also, I didn't, like, anticipate her dying. I, I, th- I kind of thought she was going to become, like, either some sort of villain or that she was going to become someone that the king made Selena kill. I thought she was going to be a villain. I thought she was going to be a villain at some point. Yeah, because like in early on, the king is like Princess Nehemia needs to be watched. And then it's like because like the king says it's because of like an outside force. And like this is another reason why I thought Kale was going to be upset about like Dorian having magic because like this was a, a perfect example of Kale kind of just like blindly following the king. Because even though he didn't necessarily understand why, he was just like, okay, sure. I'll I'll make sure she's watched. Um, but yeah, I thought she was going to become a villain. And then, yeah, it was... The whole thing about, like... I feel like I wasn't satisfied with when um, Selena opened up the portal and Nehemia's reaction to that I feel like it wasn't like I feel like I also want answers for like what Nehemia did and like why and like what significance it really has and like why you had to be so cryptic yeah like, do, and then she just answered that by being even more cryptic <laughs> I know I hated it <laughs> so that I even cared less that she was dead I was like why do you have to be so useless <laughs> Just tell me what's happening. You know I what? Maybe- <laughs> all fantasy book characters, I think, though. Yeah. It's like, I, get, I think that's part of it. You have to be cryptic or else there's no story. Because you'll just tell me what I need to do and then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But it's just so annoying when they're like, uh, like when Nehemia was like to Dorian, you know, I'll, I'll be there when you find out or whatever. I was like, can't you just tell him? <laughs> Like, you already know. It's a miracle that we like fantasy books. And I feel like it's a fun frustration, you know, where you're like... Yeah. And, like, you try to figure it out, and then we are always wrong. The only time I enjoy being wrong, constantly. (laughs) Yeah, see, I almost thought that, like, maybe Selena was going to die, and then there was going to be, like, a shift in perspective or something, or, like, people were going to try to kill Selena, because, like... Because of that scene with Nehemia and the queen in the, like, the tomb. And it's like, she says, one of them has to break. Only then can it, can, only then can it begin. And then Nehemia says, I know, but the prince isn't ready. It has to be her. And it's like, so I thought that maybe Nehemia was going to try to kill Selena. That would have been cool. And then that just didn't happen. And then Nehemia just died. And I was just confused. Lost and confused. I do love when Nehemia was killed. No, that came out wrong. That's not what what I meant. (laughs) I meant. I wrote down. Because I was like, why would Archer lure Selena out of the castle? when he knew 
that someone was threatening Nehemia because obviously Selena is the best person to protect her. And then it comes back later where obviously Archer was the one that like set it all up. And I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Because in the beginning, I was like, is this really the reasoning that we're getting? Because that's, <laughs> it literally is the worst reason. <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, no, no, we're tricking you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah, what were your thoughts on Archer, like in general? I didn't, when- I didn't literally the worst person in order to make even even before you heard his like long-term evil plan when you start to like vaguely trust him I was like kidnapping your close friend in order to make me trust you is the worst plan kidnapping your friend's lover is the worst thing just talk to me I feel like that was much easier the whole thing did not make sense to me so I'm glad that that wasn't like the actual point yeah I think um yeah I I I I didn't trust Archer really from the beginning not like an an extreme distrust but just like you know I was like I don't know I don't know about this one yeah You know who I love in this book? Mort. Yeah. <laughs> He's so sassy. So sassy. We love a good, we love a good sassy side character on this podcast. Also, when Kale was taken, I was honestly excited. I feel like this is the part where I was like, ooh, getting a little more invested now. Because I feel like we had like two books where like Selena was known as like the best assassin in Notorious stuff like that <clears throat> but like we never saw murdery selena yeah we never saw like, her get like really unhinged and that's what i was waiting for and so i appreciated when she went unhinged for kale and just like destroyed some people mm-hmm. and then when she got unhinged like towards kale and tried to kill him frightening stress <laughs> you'll always be my enemy no you guys are in love (laughs) yeah it didn't make uh, sense though when you find out she's fat and you're like oh mm -hmm. that's why you meant always yeah i also um when selena was like tracking down grave and we saw again saw her get like really unhinged and just like super intent on like killing him and like torturing him i was like that's my favorite version of Selena. Unhinged murdery Selena. Mm, big fan. Big fan. What what did you think that fucking um it is only with the eye that one can see rightly was? Like what did you think? Did you have a thought? I thought it was like something with the necklace and then it would like fit in the hole and then you would be able to see. That's what I assumed. I thought so too and then I was like and then she tried it and it wasn't it and I was like oh damn it I thought I was so smart and I was obviously it's this it was not that I did again I did love more just being like I think what you're doing is incorrect and she's like then tell me and he's like no (laughs) oh you know I think the one the part where I did actually get a little bit sad not Again, I didn't cry, but it, it hurt a lot more than Nehemia's death was Fleetfoot being sad that Nehemia wasn't around anymore. Oh, that one was sad. That was rough for me. That poor dog. That poor dog went through a lot in this book. I didn't appreciate it. Broke his leg. Ooh, also, I loved the fucking um, circus that just that whole thing similar to a masquerade ball I just I love the presence of a circus in a book or a movie or a tv show it adds a little zest it adds a little spice I was not expecting Selena to murder the witch though me either I feel like that came out of left field a bit (laughs) I feel like I was um I didn't expect yellow legs to be evil and maybe we're just biased because like 
in previous Sarah J. Or I guess there was never witches in Akatar, but it's just like I'm used to fantasy creatures being good. <laughs> so I'm like, yellow legs must be good. It's the humans that are the bad ones. It's the king that's the problem. So every time, like, like I just feel like my perception of magical beings it definitely comes from a di- like a different mindset so like yeah it's it's just a different vibe i feel like she was also giving me like a fairy godmother vibes mm-hmm. rather than evil witch vibes which clearly i was wrong but i feel like not quite fairy godmother but because she was still quite like cryptic and like definitely you know wanted yeah and wanted like gold for her services it wasn't like she was doing things out of like the goodness of her heart at all but like a creepy for good you know Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't anticipate her being like evil evil and trying to eat Selena and like sell the prince's secrets and stuff like that like that kind of came out of left field too I also feel like as I read this, because I'm like aware that Sarah J. Mass is trying to bring in the other worlds, <laughs> having like the gates and like them talking about like uh, forms of like the foundations of this world, but like all life. And they're talking about like levels of worlds on top of each other. And I was like, oh, it's starting. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell that um, Sarah J. Mass has really, like, planned this for a long time. Um, also, I know this is, like, a, a kind of a weird point, but when Kale cried, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Said that weird, but you know what I mean. Same. <laughs> I was just, like, because it, like, because he's always so, like, stoic. And like, there is nothing better than a stoic person breaking down in a in a book or a movie. Yeah, not. I don't want to see him in real life. But like, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Beautiful. And it's like when they say he ba- or when it says that he like barely made it, like he didn't make it to his rooms, and he barely made it into a broom closet before he just like broke down and wept. And I was like. like seeing the softy <laughs> i love it love him uh, also finding out that ah times rift was an anagram did not anticipate that one either definitely did not anticipate that i feel like nothing that is like possible to anticipate i anticipate <laughs> <laughs> also like I feel like I don't know I'm in the very last part of the book now and it's like when things are starting to wrap up and I was like this was a big like oh obviously Sarah you are so stupid kind of moment um but when we find out that like the king used magic or like used word keys to stifle all magic except for his own and that obviously included Dorian's because they're you know the same whatever I was like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's very, it's very clear. <laughs> but I do love Dorian's magic. I think he's going to become very powerful and I am excited about it. Me too. Sarah J. Mass is really able to bring out my boy crazy. Like if there's one thing that she's good at, It's making me fall in love with fictional men. (laughs) Yes. Only fictional. (laughs) Also, yeah, the part where Gavin, maybe Gavin is Dorian's father. He did come to him in his dreams. Isn't Gavin like ancient? Yeah, he might be ancient. Maybe a descendant of Gavin. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Maybe they're related somehow. That's 
That's yeah. what I'm going with. When uh, when they went through the portal and Selena was like fully fae, no part of me saw that coming. I kind of did. I was like, excuse me, what? I thought she, well, I don't want to say like I fully saw that coming because I kind of thought she would just be part fae. I didn't think she was like full fae. Yeah, like I knew she had, I, well, I assumed she had magic in her maybe Faye, but I didn't see her like fully turning into mm-hmm. Faye. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sorry. It was cool. It was awesome. And plus, every time Faye are mentioned, it makes me think of Akatar, and Akatar is like the series of my dreams. So <laughs> makes me like this book more. <laughs> yeah. I feel like more and more magic and more and more fae are going to be incorporated maybe that's why it's hard for us to get into this book because there's no magic except for like the end of this book honestly maybe you're right it's like a fantasy world that's too real that's why i don't like it that much (laughs) it's like light fantasy i need unrealistic levels of fantasy so hopefully we get that I think we're going to. It feels like we're going to. Yeah, it feels like we're going to in either. I feel like it's just going to continue to rev up. Also, oh my God. Also, um, Kale running through the portal after Fleetfoot because it's Selena's dog, because he loves Selena, and and then Selena's panicking. So that's why she goes into the portal. And I, well, I thought like this was, a point where I thought Kale was gonna die, and I was like, "Je m'excuse, absolutely not." I did love the redemption that Kale is making towards the end of the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Selena being the lost queen was like a. <clears throat> this book is gonna get so good. It's gonna get really good. <laughs> She's. Bay Dorian has a raw magic. Kale is beautiful. One or two of the keys. There's a beautiful love trunk. I'm ready. I am just nervous for Kale. I know I'm sad he's getting. Well, I guess we don't know if he's going right away back to his home. But I wonder if he's going to be able to push that off and stay at the castle. Mm-hmm. also here's a trope that i hate a trope that i fucking hate is when typically i think it's a guy but like i know it's not gender exclusive but when i because it happened in this book so we're just going to go with guy but when a guy is about to tell a girl i love you and she cuts him off and is like don't let him finish <laughs> If I, I was it. in the middle of telling someone that I love them for the first time and they're like, don't, <laughs> I would never recover. <laughs> because he's like, it's after the big battle. He finds out that she's Faye. And again, I remember I told like I was very nervous about it being an issue for him. Um, and it says his fingers grazed her cheeks, warming her chilled skin. Faye assassin no matter what you are i and then she just cuts him off and i'm like why would you what 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 purpose does that serve except making me angry (laughs) (laughs) that's the purpose probably i i am very happy that um we got an answer for like why um Selena felt that Kale would grow to like hate her because it's like in the very end of the book where it's like he would hate her forever for it once he understood and I think it was like the date of her parents death yeah and then he like does a bunch of research into it figures it out and I'm like I'm happy that we got that wrapped up because I just I don't think I needed another cliffhanger I, I just yeah I don't understand why she thought Kale would hate her forever. I think it's because he's very loyal to the king and because he like 
I mean, he probably has like a stigmatized view of magic. I don't, I don't believe that Kale's gonna hate her for it, but like, yeah, he was just about to tell her that uh, he loved her if Selena would just let him finish. So, <laughs> disagree. Yeah. Anyways, that's all. That's all I got. Yeah, I am so excited for the next book, though. Me too. I'm excited to talk about our book or to do our book talk where we talk about our predictions. Um, what right, was your you favorite a... character? Kale, still. But Dorian's like a very close second for me. An honorable mention again is Mort. <laughs> What about you? I'm I might be tied with Dorian and Kale now. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, Dorian is like just behind him. But I f- I don't know. Do you have a favorite quote? Mine would have been I love you, but <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, actually, it, it was when Kale was doing research on the song that he heard Selena singing, and then I think it's like the librarian. Um, and then yeah, there's like, is that what the king pays you to do? Learn sad songs with which you serenade your men? <laughs> Not I giggled. Sassy. Mine was when Selena found that big poem. Um, I guess it's when, yeah, whatever. Um, and she's just like, and Selena shook her head, more nonsense. And the rhyme with word and feared was off, not to mention the break and rhyme scheme in the final lines. Like, and she was critiquing the ancient poem <laughs> that was like a riddle. And she's just like, what the hell? This isn't right. So our next um, book that we're going to be talking about is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, because we are continuing our alternating thing, even though I feel like at some point we're going to stop alternating. <laughs> yeah, this one was harder. This one is definitely harder for me. Um, and yeah, I have already started the book. Um, it's about rock stars in the sixties, basically. Um, we've already read seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So like, it's the same author. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it before we end this. Should we pick the next throne of glass book that we're going to read? Because I feel like we're kind of flip-flopping between assassin's blade or, the third book in the series and it's like I don't know I'm almost I'm leaning towards Assassin Blade just because I kind of want to get it over with if I'm not as into it you know Me too. I think we should just read it yeah I think we should just get it out of the way and then the third book we're gonna hopefully- read it and be like wow we really should have started with this <laughs> cool Okay. Yeah, we'll read that one next. All right. So just so if anyone doesn't want to read Daisy Jones and the Six and they just want to keep going with um, the Throne of Glass series, we will be going to Assassin's Blade next, and then we will read the series as it should be read, just in order from then on out. Cool. So if you want to follow us on social media, it's at BookBevies on Instagram and Twitter and bookbevies at gmail.com for longer email inquiries. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if we do it, subscribe to our Patreon. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.